Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Groovy Podcast. Uh, my name is Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, and I'm joined by... And by Baruch Sadogurski, podcasting from Sunnyvale, California. Yes, the irrepressible Baruch Sadogurski. So you've been all over the world recently, right? You've been everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been on conferences for two months in a row. Oh, being maybe a week home during the last two months that was that was brutal yeah I can't imagine I mean I you know the, I went you to... know what the problem is right I I said to myself somewhere very early in this in this trip I'm not going to do it again but next time it will come up I'm like oh, okay why not well you're you're just too popular that's the problem I think yeah yeah that you're not you're not rising to take that bait. Okay, well, not surprising. Um, the last podcast we had, I was at the G3 Summit down in Austin, which you apparently just blew off, right? Because you don't care about Groovy, really. Yeah. So um, uh, part of it, true. The first part of the sentence is true. The second is not. Uh, so I, I I did blew up. But first of all, I had good excuse. In conference um i think it was uh, reinvent that's the amazon one amazon web services is kind of important part of our ecosystem as as jfrog so that's conference i couldn't uh, afford to miss Did you also i don't think uh java pass uh, groovy puzzles was accepted at all this year so probably could push and uh, you know i know people that know people for example uh, i know you and you know important people <laughs> and i could ask you to ask for me i don't know if you would do it but i could give it a try but since i had this conflict anyhow i would have done it for a, a fee or something i mean you know i'm sure i could have been bribed that wouldn't have been a problem i my standards for that sort of thing are remarkably low and you know i'm just not that expensive i keep waiting for the opportunity for us to sell out you know to actually be sponsored by somebody and then make a ton of money just you know shilling for whatever horrible product i mean for all i know microsoft's going to come and ask us to, to chill for them but nobody ever seems to do that nobody ever seems to offer I, i'm assuming we're just we're just not that important it's kind of a problem i think we can speak um to sponsor us so we'll promote kotlin oh that would that would just be perfect wouldn't it we could get jet brains to to sponsor us as uh to do kotlin on the groovy podcast wow Here okay so that's where we're gonna start huh okay well I do have one joke, by the way. If, um, yeah. If you want to, if you want to do the most horrible sponsorship ever, that would be a good place to start. Well, except that I like JetBrains, so that's that's a problem. I mean, I like them. I don't like the idea, but you know, I like that. Anyway, um, it depends well, on how much they pay. You might very well like the idea when you see the numbers. Uh, well, you know, it's possible that one of these things is more like it sounds like a good idea, and then when it actually happens, you have this ethical, moral dilemma. I, I don't know. Again, it, you're probably right. It, everybody has their price, and I assume that, that mine would be shockingly low, but I don't know. Since it's never come up, you know, I, I, I don't really know yet. Um, I did tell you I was going to have one gag, though, related to your reInvent conference. Um, 
it, it, this was making the rounds on Twitter. I think it was that if uh, if Wonder Woman and and Peter Parker decided to go into business together to provide helping, you know, provide help to people, then they could call the company Amazon Web Services. Absolutely, Amazon Web Services. Yeah, pretty uh, horrible. Which, by the way, you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was good. It was good. Not as good as your epic saga battle um, story <laughs> and, and and dragons and dinosaurs. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was decent, okay. which reminds me of uh, a new for for next year that we already finalized and uh, should be sent to print any days now. And um, the this T-shirt with um, with the joke that that you just came up with. Oh really? Got something in mind? What did you? Uh, say? It's not in mind. Vikings, uh, it's in the manufacturing. But you know, I cannot, I cannot name it. I cannot tell you. But you can think about, you know, you said Amazon Web Services. We had the Spider Frog this year. I don't know what other options might be, but it's something that I cannot confirm nor deny. Okay, well, uh, that's a nice little tease, which doesn't really say much of anything. So I guess we'll just have to wait. I mean, who knows when we're going to do another Groovy podcast, too. It could be, you know, I I guess uh, Sergio is probably gambling. I mean, he's probably surprised that it's not already Easter, you know. Good old Sergio Delamo with the wonderful Groovy Calamari. Might as well say something nice about this gamble. Practice. I think you won, right? You mentioned it will be done at, uh, at the summit. And it actually happened. Yeah, but then he suspected that the one after that wasn't going to be till Easter. And hey, we beat that deadline too. So as long as he keeps giving yes. us long deadlines, we got a shot. All right. Well, let's um, one again. Let's actually turn to do something vaguely related to what we're supposed to be doing on the podcast. Anyway, uh, I've got the show notes. Just here. You. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see you for so long. I just enjoying this conversation. So. Yeah, well, it's it's been a while, hasn't it? I mean, it, it really does feel like um, we haven't had a, well, actually, that, if we start looking back in time, that could get depressing. I, we probably, that way lies madness. We should probably move on. Uh, at any rate, Groovy's latest, I, I wasn't going to keep track of every single individual release on some of these, so I simply wanted to say that the latest version of Groovy is 2.4.13, so it's another small bug fix release that came out in the last few weeks. Of course, we talked about uh, in the at the podcast at the G3 Summit that there's now multiple different chains of development going on with Groovy. We've got the 2.5 chain, which is beta 2 right now, and the 2.6 chain, which is alpha 2, and the 3.0 alpha 1. Of course, 2.6 and 3.0 are very closely related. The only difference being is that 2.6 it's going to support Java 7 and 3.0 will mandate Java 8. So 2.5 is is really the next release version before we jump to 3. And that is currently in beta, so I expect there'll probably be a couple of release candidates. The, the 2.6 and 3.0 will be moving together, and eventually it'll just be 3 once we move everybody up or once we mandate that everybody moves to Java 8. Have you tried any of those, by the way? Um, no, not yet. Date, and um, I wanted to ask you if you heard anything about uh, Java non compatibility. 
Um, there was definitely topics that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw. I, I heard it a lot, and people like, "What? Groovy doesn't support Java nine, so is that and all that." It it does support Java nine. The problem is that uh, there are some probably breaking changes that need to be made in order to resolve some of the the jigsaw related issues. You know, there's a I believe there's exactly. a packages exactly. that are in the same package in two different jars, which isn't allowed and and some other things as well. Right now when you run Groovy on Java 9, it's not modularized and it works. The problem is of course is it gives you a bunch of horrific warnings that uh, according to Paul King aren't even real. They're just they're things that might happen in the future and yet these warnings are scaring everybody away. So that that's a bit of a problem. Uh, I don't know of too many exactly, and and also and 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 being here devil's advocate, um, it uh, so so we we got lucky with Java nine because the um, it it eventually went into this compatibility mode in which the the module uh, um, isolation is not enforced, mm. but uh, that will go away in some point of time. And and then we will be back in uh, in the same problems with uh, accessing private variables, etc. So so this is something that really really need to be addressed as soon as possible. Well, I know that uh, Paul has was talking about it at the conference, and uh, of course Guillaume also was not there. He was at a different conference, but I know he's involved in the discussions and. Graham and uh, seems to believe Graham Roche seems to believe that that these things are doable. It just may involve as you know non backward compatible breaking changes when they move to the new version. I don't know if that's scheduled for three. However, I I suspect that the three O version will not be uh, modularized to Java nine specifications, but it should run on Java nine. I I just don't know. I've only used Java nine a little bit. I know you're you're using a lot more. Um, what, of course, what surprises me about Java 9 is it's not even a, what do they call, LTS, a long-term support release. Uh, is it 10 will be out in March and then 11 in... Yeah, 10, I, I understand that 10, 10 will be LTS, yes. 10's the long-term support one? Yes, that's that at least now the, the idea. Of course, everything can change. And then we'll see if that actually does get released in March. I mean, obviously, they're... They're headed for this six-month release schedule, and we'll see if they're they're able to maintain it. Uh, but I don't know. So I, I guess we're in a transition period. Although, you know, if you're if you're still able to run Java eight, everything is fine. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and of course, the Spring people and the Hibernate people have already modularized. They've already started mandating a minimum SDK of Java eight. So these are all coming, and I imagine Groovy will. But I'd, I'd say Spring has is ready for Java nine. I don't know about the Hibernate slash uh, JPA stuff. I think it is, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, so, any rate, that's that's the Groovy story at the moment. I should mention, by the way, there was a, um, a a link that I put in the show notes. A Computer World had an article discussing the new features and versions of Groovy coming in 2018. They they called it something about a Groovy 2018 roadmap. And I'm pretty sure they interviewed uh, Paul King about that. I mean, he, we were supposed to start our podcast at the G3 Summit. We wound up starting a little bit late because he was on the phone with the editors there trying to explain to people who don't know anything about Groovy what was coming in Groovy and all that. 
but at any rate, there is a link there that you can take a look at if you're interested, and we'll see um, how that plays out as, as next year comes along. Now, on the Grail yep. side, oh, sorry, you were going to say? Just, just mentioning that that you really uh, should take a look at, at, at this article because uh, it's and we don't have this visibility often into into what's going on and what is what is the plan. So it's very short. Um, it's just a couple of couple of paragraphs and lists about. Yeah. the team are playing but but it's actually very very good to to take a look at that's true it's a very highly, short article highly advised yeah it doesn't have a lot there but it's it, there's definitely a summary uh so now on the grails front uh the current version is 3.3.2 i expect 3.4 will be in progress i don't know what the plan is for when that will be released but i know that's being worked on and there was some speculation about the changes plan for four but by talking to Graham Roche at the conference, it made it clear that work on that has only begun. You know, it's going to be uh, late next year if, when they move to that. So I suspect that Grails will not be requiring Java 8 for quite some time. Even though Spring has already moved to 5, uh, when they decide to move Grails up to Grails 4 and make that leap, I think they're planning to really look at some more fundamental issues and, and they really want to make sure that if there's going to be a major version number change that it's worth it, you know, that justifies that kind of move. I, I will mention, by the way, I, that one of the, the newer things in Grails, even though it's been out for a while, uh, a lot of people are not aware of it, that whole application forge page for creating a new Grails app at start.grails.org. It's very similar to how there's start.spring.io for creating a Spring app. And uh, I think Grails is in, or pardon me, Gradle is in the process of trying to set something up similar. But this, uh, the application forge at start.grails.org will allow you to create a Grails app simply by filling in a form. And of course, what, what it includes is a Grails wrapper so that you don't even have to download and install Grails at all. You can simply fill out the form or access it via curl or what have you, download an application with all the features you want in it using the right profile and everything, and then start using the Grails wrapper bundled inside that app, and you're off and running on a, on a new Grails application. Yeah, and, and I really love this profiliation of, of good ideas. Yes, from one project that we uh, that we love to. So uh, here we go. The starter page comes from uh, Spring, and the wrapper comes from. And and the, it's actually it's a very very good thing because first of all, if you know one technology, you know what to expect from from another, and and all of those are um, I would say in the same like area, right? So if you use Gradle, you you, sorry, if you use Grails, you probably are familiar with Gradle and Spring, um, and just make the developers' lives easier. So, big plus. The other thing I, I liked about it, by the way, is I, I I upgraded my IntelliJ IDEA distribution, and I don't know when this started. Probably in 2017.3, you know that version. But if you say new project, they actually have both a Grails 
option and an application forge option so that you can actually click on the application forge and it's just a front end on that same website downloading options from there and everything just like they have the one for the the spring initializer as well so that's nice yep. too now the the gradle people of course have been very hard at work on performance they've been trying to make their uh, project as fast as possible uh, i think they the, the latest version there, of course, is 4.4. It's got a lot of nice build cache stuff in it and, and parallel capabilities as well among sub-projects and a, a new worker API that has been, I think that was added uh, in the 4s. I just don't remember which exactly 4.0 version that was added. But now there's a uh, blog post about the worker API. There's, there's additional information about it. All of these things are leading to where they're eventually going to be able to make tasks parallel wherever possible as well automatically. Uh, so there's a lot of nice features coming in Gradle. Uh, many that are already here, I always, for me, I always make sure to upgrade all my Gradle wrappers to use the latest version because the API itself doesn't seem to have changed that much, but boy, the performance is just improved by leaps and bounds. And, and you can always switch to the Kotlin DNSL. You, you keep going there, don't you? you? You keep trying that. I mean, to take that seriously for one moment, uh, they are headed toward a 1.0 release on the Kotlin DSL, but I think we're still a little bit away from that. I mean, right now, I think the current version of the Kotlin DSL is something like 0 0.13 or whatever. I, I don't know when they're ready for a 1.0. Uh, I think they're it's starting to stabilize. I think they're becoming happier with it. I just don't know what the actual plans are. I expect that that will come up probably in the first half of next year, maybe in the first quarter. So you're you're dying to use that, right? I'm looking forward. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, I will have good ID support. Uh, well, potentially, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Feel. what else? No, I, I, I bet I bet it will be it will be first class because that's that's the selling point, right? That's that's the whole purpose. Well, I know they're working hard on it. We'll see how that how that plays out. Uh, just when I played with it a little bit, I, I didn't get the sense that it was ready for prime time yet, but I don't think they expect it to be ready yet. I think it's still got a little ways to go before. I mean, I think when it goes 1.0, and then I think everybody's going to be willing to at least give it a try. Right now, I'm still happy with the Groovy DSL, but then again, I'm happy with Groovy. So it's, you know, it's a, a bit of a problem. Yeah, that's true. Okay, now I noticed something with Spock, by the way. In general, I've still been using Spock 1.0. I do try to use Spock 1.1 when it when it comes up it just uh, I don't think it was that radical a change but there was a release I saw echoed in the Apache Groovy Twitter feed which is about Spock reports the Spock reports subproject is now in version 1.4.0 and yet again that's another project that is mandating a minimum JDK of, of Java 8 on that uh, I've never used the Spock reports I've generally been happy with the existing test reports but it does have this powerful mechanism for creating reports to whatever customization you would like, even including code snippets and everything. You ever play with any of that? Oh, I think I started. Did I lose you there for a second? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think you you froze for a second, but uh... yeah, we're having some we're having some annoying network issues, but I don't. 
I'm not aware of why. I don't see anything major going on in my network that's that's giving us a problem. But at any rate, it might be might be our network on the I I don't know. It looks looks. I'm fine. quite content well, to blame. But uh, we can always blame everything. All right. Well, at any rate, I, I do encourage people to take a look at that Spock reports new submodule inside of Spock. It does require Spock 1.1 in Java 8, but I don't think that's too much to ask anymore. I think that's probably a reasonable requirement. Uh, in terms of major versions, did you happen to see that Jeb, our old friend Jeb, the browser? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's huge. Jeb 2.0 are are big news. That's uh, is it Marcin or Marcin? Marcin Erdman announced that on the Jeb, uh, the uh, message board on there. I think it's a Google group or whatever. Uh, but he announced Jeb 2.0 out, and that required Java 8 because they upgraded the the web driver inside it to a three dot something, and that required Java 8. So everything's up there now. I don't get the feeling. Yeah, but I mean, I mean we. Keep uh, we keep surprising projects require Java 8. Come on, Java 8 is um, requiring Java 8 is 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 not something extraordinary now. Uh, I would be surprised requires Java 9 by now, but requiring Java 8 is 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 all fine. I mean, there well, is certainly, no. Certainly, but I, I didn't get the feeling there were that many. Except of corner cases. Java 8 now. Yeah, I just didn't get the feeling that were that many changes to Jeb other than the move to Java 8, you know, and the, the upgrade of the underlying libraries. Uh, it looked like if you knew Jeb from before and you've used Jeb for many years, that it's a natural transition. It doesn't look like they broke anything. It doesn't look like it's uh, fundamentally rewriting how you're going to write your your automation scripts or your tests or your page views or anything like that, page model. It all looks pretty much the same. Uh, I was just judging by the notes inside the book of Jeb. From 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 what I understand, the biggest difference is the new web driver versions that now support Java 8, which kind of forced them to support Java 8, and that, for in their perspective, required a major major release. That's what I understand. Yeah, and that's fine. So that what that means is, is if you ever used Jab before, it'd be a natural, easy transition to the new version. If you've never used Jab, go ahead and try out the new version. Uh, I still think it's a very impressive project. Doesn't really get as much press as it ought to. Uh, similar to like Jeepers, you know, it's just one of those that people are not aware of. And yet, anybody who writes Selenium tests or Selenium tests, however you want to say that, sh should really look at Jeb because it can make their lives much much simpler. Absolutely. Okay. Now moving on to blog posts and articles and things like that. Guillaume uh, LaForge had a blog post about one of his talks at Java 1 about how languages influence each other and the perspectives on, what is it, 14 years of, of Groovy, you know, being the head of the project like that for all those years. So he put in a blog post, and in that blog post, he included uh, his slides. So it, I think there's an embedded version of where the slides actually reside, and uh, very interesting looking at the perspective on how things have changed over the years. Um, it's really nice to see that he's still, you know, putting some of those things together as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I think we, um, of course, um, Guillaume had a better um, standpoint to to observe it. 
and uh, and you know deeper uh, wider picture of what's going on but i think we can all uh, feel um, uh, what he Guillaume is talking about, right? So, uh, if you remember a couple of years ago when uh, Swift was released, oh, that looks like Groovy. We saw Kotlin and we were like, oh, that looks like Groovy. So, I guess that's that's more or less what, uh, um, what uh, Guillaume is mentioning. Good solutions and, full, and Groovy is full of good and elegant solutions are uh, profiled to, to other as well stuff like you know the classic example would be what an elvis operator right uh and the null say and um and this kind of stuff it's kind of just moves along and it's always have been right so, so, so we now leave which came directly from c which makes it what 1960s yeah it's been a while yeah it's always so, uh yep. this is this is how it works it generally seems to come as a surprise to new developers or somewhat inexperienced ones that that the creators of all these languages actually talk to each other that they actually pay attention to what's going on in the other languages and everybody's borrowing from everybody and that's not a bad thing that's how it's supposed to work let's see each language gets a chance to try out new ideas and if they're successful they make their way into into other languages i think that's a good thing too uh, of course, Guillaume Laforge as well, we should say congratulations, was uh, made a Java champion, as well as many others. And this goes exactly about influencing languages with other languages. I don't know if we have a better example of such an influence of Java-influenced Groovy, right? That's that's definitely... In, 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 in a lot of parts, it is the same language. So it only makes sense that Guillaume is now a Java champion being forever the champion yeah i mean it's clear that the people who vote on that were valuing his experience in a non-java jvm based language you know which is which is a good thing uh chris judd was also one of the group that was uh put in there chris that was awarded java champion status uh, he, there were several people on the list but people may know Chris Judd as well. He's been active in the Groovy area, even though I don't know how much of he's doing right now, but he's uh, another name that would be recognized from the Groovy ecosystem uh, inside there. And I put in the complete list in there as well. Yep. Um, Oleg Shulayev, another, another very name from this list. And right. he's all proud with it with uh, zero turnaround. And I name here I think um, it's kind of I don't know he's doing something with Scotland at wow. Ken cousin <laughs> well I, I do appreciate that you actually pronounced it correctly I did that was very kind of you even though I knew you'd throw in the Kotlin reference in there um, well that that was uh, I have to say warmest congratulations completely deserved I'm very honored and proud to to do this gig together with you and and know you and when you pretend that you are my friend it warms my heart so congratulations and absolutely deserve it well, i'm really proud to, to know you wow well thank you very much i i have to say i was surprised i'm still struggling a bit with good old imposter syndrome there you know i i don't think of myself in the same category as as people like guillaume or 
or uh, Venkat Subramanyam or, or any, you know, any of the others that I, that I really admire there. Um, I, I'm glad that I have a contribution. I have a book that's Java related as well as a book that's Groovy related, you know, so I feel like I, at least I'm on both camps there. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out what it all means. Uh, the only thing that I've heard is that apparently I will be able next time when I renew my IntelliJ license, I'll probably get that for free. So right there, then there was a, a nice benefit to that. So a lot of perks, IntelliJ license, uh -huh. awesome packets, uh, free entrance to Java meeting, uh, Redwood Shores for a Java one for a Java Champions meeting before Java one. That one we can skip, but the jackets are very nice. You know a lot more about this than I do. I don't even know about the jacket. So, uh, excellent. Well, I'll look forward to that, and you know, I'll, I'll probably uh, take advantage of it at some point. Okay, so moving on, um, there was a nice little article. Now, I don't know how much I care for the articles at Blaze Meter because they're they're they have obviously have a product to sell. And their articles and website and everything is really geared toward that. But they did write an article about writing Groovy scripts that are supported for JMeter. You know, the pasting in JMeter using a Groovy script. And yep. I do recognize that one of the, the JMeter is one of the areas that tends to bring people into the Groovy ecosystem because they have supported Groovy as a scripting language for quite some time now. And, and that's very nice. So we put a link in there, you know, into the show. Right. So with with BlazeMeter, of course, they have a product to promote, and and I don't think anything anything is wrong with that. But they they use JMeter under the hood, so I I would give them a lot of credit for knowing uh, and being uh, you know being expert at JMeter. So I, I think it's it's good that they share community. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. So if you need a stress loading tool, uh, you have uh, a JMeter or a Gatlin. And um, of course, uh, Gatlin is is newer and a little bit bon more shiny. But you need to remember the DSL. While with JMeter, you feel at home and in heaven using Groovy DSL. Gatlin, your DSL is Scala. So I think JMeter is is the tool to use. What was the name of that other product you mentioned? I hadn't heard about that. Gatlin. One. Gatlin. It's um, it's like Gatlin gun. Oh, oh, okay. No, I haven't played the with gun that machine. Interesting. I mean, yeah, um, it's uh, but I mean, spare yourself the googling. They use Scala as a kind of end of story, yeah. though. And JMeter. All you need to all, all you need to all you need to know about Gatlin that it used Scala as DSL. Okay. Yeah, and JMeter has been an open source project for many, many years. Uh, very popular there. Uh, speaking of blog Absolutely. posts, our old friend and ally, Bert Beckwith, you know, finally uh, decided to contribute. Uh, Bert, by the way, is now working at uh, Harvard University in their IT department. So that was kind of interesting that he, he finally started working there. He was an adjunct there for a while. At any rate, he wrote a blog post about how to add a Groovy web console to a Grails application, which was interesting. I mean, he happens to be fond of a plugin that I've always liked as well, the, the console plugin. Have you ever used the console plugin in a Grails app? Uh, no, I, I didn't. 
Well, it's it's a way of uh, it means you don't have to start up the Grails console. You could just put this plugin in there, and then you can go to whatever the app name is slash console, and you have inside embedded in the browser a Groovy console that has all the Grails you know domain language support and everything. And I've been using it for many years. Always liked it. And what I think Bert was pointing out in his blog post was that in order to add a plugin, of course, you have to recompile and rebundle your app and, and redeploy it as a WAR file. Whereas what he was showing was how to add a, a light Groovy web console to a Grails WAR without having to go through the trouble of getting a plugin. And it was uh, entertaining as always. So I recommend taking a look at that one as well. Um, this is awesome. Yep. Now, another thing going on during this holiday season is the so-called advent of code. I was not aware of that. Uh, then I noticed that um, good old Dirk Koenig um, at MIDI on Twitter has been participating in that. They have a different coding project pretty much every day or every couple of days or whatever it is. And uh, we also have um, his Twitter handle is Java Vasquez, and I, I honestly don't remember his first name. I've met him, I know, a couple of times, but it wasn't on his Twitter page. So I, I don't remember offhand, but uh, his Twitter handle, he also is, is working on this. And I imagine there are several other people who just aren't really talking about it. Uh, but at any rate, the advent of code is a series of uh, programming puzzles that are relatively small and various people are solving them in whatever language they choose to. Both um, Java Vasquez and, and MIDI are both posting their solutions online as they solve each one. And, and they're doing it, of course, in Groovy, which is interesting for us. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I'm personally happy to see that Dirk um, still stuff with, uh, with, with Groovy, uh, although he's... Uh, love for Frege. Yeah, Frege. Is it going anywhere, this Frege thing? Uh, not in my experience, but then again, I don't operate in the Haskell world, so I'm not sure exactly, you know, if anything's happening over there. I mean, there's the dedicated functional programming people who really care about the depths of that of the immutability and pure functionality and all that kind of stuff, uh, really care about that. And of course, Frege gives them a chance to run Haskell on the JVM. Uh, I talked to Venkat Subramanium about it, and of course, he was of the opinion that Frege is interesting, but if you're going to run Haskell, just run Haskell, you know. Uh, but uh, Dirk, I'm sure. And, and, and I think Closure, Closure is is a JVM language that is much more, uh, much more popular and. Uh, well, closure Functional. of course is is Lisp or a Lisp, Lisp on the JVM. Right. Yeah, and it is Lisp. Yeah. yeah. Closure yeah, people right. would argue that it is a pure functional language, but I think Dirk would argue that Haskell slash Frege is even more functional than Closure. And I certainly don't want to get in the middle of that debate. You know, I I I think it's interesting, and I and I'm I agree with you. I imagine Dirk is having fun, uh, getting his uh, chance to go back into the Groovy ecosystem and write some quick and easy solutions to problems. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, approve that. Yep. There, there was a little discussion I saw on Twitter about uh, extension functions in Kotlin, which always kind of cracked me up. I mean, after all, Groovy has had both 
runtime and compile time metaprogramming techniques for years and years. And they were talking about, um, what did they have, a little app where they put in parentheses, they put in uh, two integers in a range. So it's basically A dot dot B in parentheses and then put a dot random method on it. So it could generate a random integer in between the two bounds. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how this was an interesting extension function and how, you know, this was showing the capabilities. And I'm sitting there thinking, I think it would take us, that's a one-liner basically, right? I mean, it would take us maybe if you wanted to be careful, two lines of groovy code to Absolutely. add that to the range. Well, I suppose you'd add it to int range rather than range, but you could do it either way using the meta class. It would be quick and dirty. And it was just yet another example of somebody getting excited in Kotlin about a feature that we've had for a decade, you know, inside of Groovy. Uh, and, so and that going back to the, to the talks that you deliver, which are uh, often an imaging uh, problem or image problem of, of Groovy and, and the publicity of it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's about time OCI starts looking for developer advocates for for Groovy. Well, I think given everything that OCI has done, I am certainly not going to ask them to do more than what they're doing. I, I think they're, yeah. No, that, was, that was more of a really a, a ramp up for, for another comment that I wanted to make about hiring developer advocates that I'm, I'm for someone to join me as developer advocate uh, at JFrog, ah. um, working on a lot of promoting uh, our beloved Groovy in, in any way possible. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Well, you'll have to um, add you some. Will. Yeah, please add something about that to the show notes so that people can I get will. in touch with you. Absolutely. Yeah, because well, again, because we're having some network issues on the on this podcast. See, that's the danger. If OCI, for example, decided to suddenly sponsor the the Groovy podcast, we'd have to work out. We'd really have to raise our production values. You know, and that would be a challenge. You know what? I think we will we will give Zoom uh, Zoom a try next time. <laughs> uh, we might have better results because uh, I'm generally very very pleased with with what they do. By the way, if has that will work as well. Well, we'll okay. We'll see how this one turns out, and if it's if this one turns out to be a disaster, we can re-record a lot of this using that Zoom and see how things go. Uh, see if we can come up with different jokes and everything. Uh, but at any rate, so you're looking for a developer advocate. Was that uh, definitely a uh, an artifactory developer advocate, or is that a? Is uh, yeah, no. That, so developer advocate cannot. Right. It, 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 no, this is not how it works. Um, I guess you would hate a product developer advocate as 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 any other developer. Developer advocates advocate developers, right? Okay. So we're looking for developer advocate that will help um, in our domain releasing their software fast, faster using a wide range of tools, including Jeffro products, but definitely not, not limited to it. Is so that a, um, we're looking for, yeah. Is remote acceptable in that? Uh, I lost you for a second. I'm sorry, is uh, remote work acceptable on that? It's a complicated question. Okay. So here's the thing, right? We are we're on the road for, for and and we, when we are not traveling for uh, for uh, you know 
for uh, for conferences and shows uh, the collaboration is 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 critical and although i i do know that we can make a remote collaboration as you can see now if we would say sit here side by side it would probably be better it would be easier yes absolutely okay well you'll you'll add something inside the show notes for that uh speaking of jobs i noticed that uh, there's a job at lego uh, lego of course is the the classic little brick company and and they are quite the technology area and they are based uh now of course the there's a, a branch near me there's one up in massachusetts but the job that they're advertising is based in in denmark and they mentioned right in there that they're, they they mentioned they were looking for a job developer, but of course their infrastructure uses Jeb and Spock and, and Groovy in many places as well. So this would be an opportunity to use Groovy in an active major system in a, in a major worldwide company like that. So I put that link in the show notes as well. All right, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm adding our position as well. Okay, so I'll just mention just to just to finish up a couple things. First of all, our our old friend Mr. Hockey was back with a a little contribution on his blog on transforming collections using the collect entries method. That's always a an interesting one that a lot of people are not aware of. It's it's a a method that allows you to put in a closure that will generate the the keys for a given map, and then it it's like doing a group by inside a, a list where you are grouping by a particular quantity without that quantity simply being an element of the list you can actually generate whatever the quantity is using a closure and it's a very powerful it's remarkable but again mr hockey makes it extremely intuitive and extremely simple so it's good to see that uh finally uh there's another i know i missed some grails guides they're still cranking those out the one that i did notice was uh, the Grails profiling using your kit. So they now have another Grails guide on how to profile both memory and CPU in a Grails app using the your kit Java profiler. I know there's a Gradle profiler as well that works with some of that, um, but this is a Grails guide that is already ready to go and you can try that out as well. Yep. We, sh we should also mention that the call for papers is still open until uh, into January for both the Greech conference in Madrid, which very popular conference. Everybody who goes seems to absolutely love that conference. Uh, they have a great time in Madrid. If you have any chance at all of being in the area of Madrid, the conference is the middle of March, the so 16th and 17th with a workshop day on the 15th. Then I certainly encourage you to submit a, an idea. You know, the paper call for papers is open until January 15th. And of course, the Great Conf cycle is rolling around again. So the Great Conf in Copenhagen, Great Conf EU, is at the end of May, May 30th and June 1st. And the call for papers is open till the end of January. So we'll have to have another podcast to yep. remind people about that as well. Anything else you want to hopefully, do? Hopefully, we will see you in all those conferences. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> because they, they are great. And, and there is... There is actually no no better way to interact than than a software conference, I would say. 
Well, I certainly hope to be at GreatConf in the U.S. this year. I'm still sad that I missed the last one. Uh, so I'm looking forward to trying to come this year. I haven't tried to fill out the call for papers or anything like that yet, but I'll have to throw something in there. Uh, I expect you'll be there as well. We'll have to do a Groovy podcast from there. I would love to go to Greech, but I don't know that I could afford it at the moment because I've got other trips planned as well. Uh, but uh, I know we'll have other people there. Maybe we can have Sergio report from from that location or any of the other people, including Graham, who I, Graham Roche, I'm sure will be there as well. We should yep, say the, the, the usual suspects. Yeah, we should say something nice about Sergio Delamont, even though everybody else has gotten uh, kind of slowed down on their reporting from the Groovy ecosystem. His Groovy Calamari is still coming out on a regular basis. So that's wonderful. And, uh, it's a great source for topics for this podcast. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't, by the way, do you have any idea who runs the Apache Groovy Twitter feed? By the way, did you have any? And then it was like, oh, do you know who who, who monitors? Who's, uh, who's posting under the Apache Groovy Twitter feed? Do you know? Uh, no, I, I, I. I don't. I think maybe it's Paul, maybe it's Guillaume, but I don't have any. It's just all guesses. I don't have any any information about it. I don't know. Well, if the sound comes through and anybody listens to this podcast, then maybe we'll find out shortly. But again, that's an excellent source of information about what's going on in Groovy and related projects. The uh, Apache Groovy Twitter feed, of course, Grails has a Twitter feed and, and Gradle does as well. Uh, the Grails... Um, uh, we should also thank No Fluff Just Stuff for hosting the homepage for the Groovy Podcast. Uh, the conference uh, tour for No Fluff Just Stuff is in hiatus at the moment. We finished with the G3 Summit and then the Rich Web uh, Summit and then ArcConf as well was last week. And now I've got a break on all that until the end of February, at which point I guess I'm going to be beginning my ninth year on that tour, which kind of blows my mind. Um, it's a, it's a good place to be it's a lot of it's a lot of good people it's a good show it's good content and i mean uh, why not i still hope yeah. of course. sorry invited to uberconf and if you can nudge our friend jay on that i will be really thankful uh well i have access to jay but that doesn't mean jay listens to me <laughs> but i will jay doesn't listen to anyone but you know just uh, you can mention again. Oh, I, will. We will, uh, I hope you accept credit cards and we will make sure that everybody are uh, pleased with this transaction. No, no, no. These days it would all be in Bitcoin, seriously, right? I mean, it's got to be in Bitcoin. I mean, I assume that because be you're still at work, you don't own a ton of Bitcoin. Is that reasonable? Yeah, no, but you know what? I own a little bit of JFrog, and if you ask me, that's a much better and safer investment. Oh, okay. All right. So you're not you're not cashing out for your massive run up this year. Okay. Well, uh, then we'll say thank you to everybody. Uh, glad that that uh, anybody was able to listen to this. Uh, and again, we'll listen to it. And if the if the sound quality is too bad, if the networking problems are too major, then uh, let's try again. Maybe next week using Zoom or something like that to see if we can put something together again. Okay. It sounds great. And uh, we will. We'll put something together again regardless of the of the quality of this one just because this is what we do um, season two is off its way it's a second podcast without a huge gap between them let's right. try to keep up uh, so we kind of rebranded our so over 
for a couple of months as as a season break, which I think is valid. And now let's try to keep up with season two. Excellent, excellent. So you have a great holiday as well. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, enjoy the holidays. You you do have snow, I presume, so that's kind of fun or for at least a day, and then it's not. Uh, but uh, yep, it's the it's the right weather for the for the holidays that's for sure yeah we are getting typical holiday weather that's true so uh we wish everybody in our listening area an excellent uh, holiday and a happy new year and i expect that we will either talk to you soon or we will talk to you in the new year so thank you yep. Take so care. Uh, see you in the next episode of group podcast bye-bye bye-bye